Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, where healthcare meets business, with your host, me, Dr. Karen Litzy. And just as a reminder, the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as personalized medical advice. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Again, I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and in today's episode, we are talking about how to be an advocate in the world of physical therapy. So I've had shows like this before. My guest today is a new graduate. She is a young PT who is very, very interested in the world of advocacy and government as it, as it relates to physical therapy. So everyone, please welcome in today's episode, Dr. Mercedes Aguirre Valenzuela. She received her doctorate in physical therapy from Rutgers School of Health Professions in 2020. Her dedication to the professional advocacy has led her to leadership roles in the APTA on a national and state level. She was selected to serve as an APTA board-sponsored Centennial Scholar and worked on the APTA PT Moves Me national campaign. In 2022, she began her term in the Public Policy and Advocacy Committee, or PPAC, and CSM Steering Group. Within the Academic Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy, she's an active member and was elected to be in the nominating committee. In the state of New Jersey, she's an APTA delegate as well as a key contact in her district. Clinically, she works in the early intervention and school-based settings. Outside of clinical settings, she uses social media to educate PTs, PTAs, and students on how to be an advocate for their profession and encourage them to run for office. So if you want to follow her, the best place to do that is Instagram, at the PT Advocate. So it was great to talk to Mercedes. I love talking to uh, young professionals. And in this episode, we talk about types of advocacy. We talk about the latest updates for the profession of physical therapy within the government and the NIH and so, so much more. So a big thank you to Mercedes for coming on the program and everyone enjoy today's episode. Hi, Mercedes. Welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on and to see you again. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about advocacy, which in physical therapy, which I have spoken about with a lot of different people over the years. And I think it's great to get different perspectives on advocacy, especially from younger therapists, because I think it's great that you guys get involved. So my first question to you is, how did you get involved in, in advocacy work for the profession and why is it important to you? So I graduated in 2020. Um, I was very, even before I started PT school, I was very into politics, legislation, public policy. Um, and then once I went into PT school and I learned about what the ABTA does in terms of advocacy, I felt like it kind of meshed kind of like the two things that I really am passionate about and enjoy. And so I became more involved as a student. Um, and then once I graduated, I wanted to create um, content that was related to advocacy and explained in a very simple way what are like the current um, updates going on right now. Because I feel like legislation can be 
it can be a bit intimidating for people to understand and to really get into. And I wanted to show people uh, what are the updates without all these extra details that they don't really want. Um, and that's what I've been doing thus far. And it's been really a, a great learning experience. When we talk about advocacy, I think that there are a couple of different types of advocacy. So could you go into a little bit more detail on the different types of advocacy, uh, especially in the PT world? Yeah, you're correct. So there are several definitions of advocacy. Um I, I can just give you three of them. So number one is self-advocacy. So advocating for yourself, for example, you're advocating for a pay raise or a change in work conditions. Um, there's individual advocacy. So advocating for someone else, for example, sending out a letter to your patient's insurance company in order to get more PT visits. Then there is systems advocacy, which is my personal favorite. Um, and it's about changing policies, laws, rules, and how they can impact multiple people's lives. And that is more targeted at a local state or even a national level. And when you're talking about systems advocacy, is that when you know we as physical therapists ourselves and maybe encourage our patients to send a letter to CMS or send a letter to your senator um, advocating for whether it be, you know, the stop the Medicare cap that was a number of years ago, things like that. Yes. So what are you are describing right now is a grassroots movement. Um, so grassroots movement is similar to how the way grass grows from the bottom up. So we are the grassroots advocates. We are at the bottom. We are what legislators call constituents, meeting uh, someone who can vote. And we advocate for things that affect the top. So the top is like policy, law, etc. Um, and the APTA has grassroots movements. For example, as you mentioned before, with CMS, it was the hashtag fight the cut movement, which was one of them. And there are examples of different types of movements in grassroots, such as Me Too or Love Wins, Black Lives Matter. So that's kind of how grassroots advocacy works. How is that different than lobbying? So how does that work if you can compare and contrast the two? Sure. Let me explain what a lobbyist first. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that would be a good start. So a lobbyist is someone whose job is to build relationships and network with legislators and their staff. And that lobbyist represents an organization so the ABTA hires lobbyists and their job is to advocate for us. They don't have to be physical therapists themselves, but we can also um, do the acts of lobbying, such as making phone calls to a legislator, sending emails, even having meetings. Um, but it's not like our job because, you know, we have our own um, stuff to do. <laughs> 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you can be part of a grassroots advocacy effort and then kind of take that into the act of lobbying, not as a professional lobbyist, like you said, but like, for example, when uh, APTA and I know the private practice section will do this, will have groups of physical therapists go to meet with their lawmakers uh, from their state on Capitol Hill and also individual states will have lobby day within the state. Yes, correct. Um, and you don't have to be a member of a certain group and whatnot in order to send an email, write a phone call is really what you want to see change personally, or even like a small group of people. Don't ever feel like you have to like be a part of something big. Like it's about what you are passionate and care about. Right. So if you're not part of the APTA, you can still lobby on behalf of patients. Is that correct? Yes, I wouldn't call it uh, necessary lobbying, but like advocating, 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 like you can still send a phone call. Hey, I had this patient um, experience and I want you to know about this and be aware about this. There's going to be I want this change in my practice act, whatever like your state um, is advocating for. You can still do that without being a member. Right. And how do we know as physical therapists what is on legislative agendas? Let's say for the APTA, is there a tool we can use to find out what's going on? Yes. So the APTA has an advocacy network and you can join. It sends um, a newsletter um, every month, every couple of months. You can also visit the ABTA Patient Action Center, which they have pre-written emails that you can send out to your legislators and you don't have to be a member in order to do those things. Great, so the APTA Patient Action Center, and there's an app for that, right? Yes, there is um, APTA um, advocacy app that you can use and you can also go on your browser as well. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So. I think the big takeaways from there is there there is an app for that um, <laughs> or or you can go online and you can find sort of pre-written letters and things that you can send off to your uh, senators or your Congress people, whether that be at the federal or the um, state level. And you don't have to be an APTA member in order to have access to that. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. What are our current advocacy updates? What's on the table? What's on the line? What do we need to know? So for the last uh, couple of Congresses, um, there has been a bill that has been introduced called the Allied Workforce Diversity Act, which helps in recruiting a more diverse allied health workforce as well as retaining um, those students and just increasing the graduation rate as well, because sometimes you get these students in these programs, but they don't graduate. So that's the goal of that bill. It has not passed in the last couple of Congresses, but it was, that bill was merged, 
like the right, the wording of it was merged into a pandemic bill, which has a high, very high probability of passing. Um, so that has been great news. That bill is called the Prevent Pandemics Act. And it's just to modernize the country's pandemic response. And they felt that workforce diversity was really important in it. So that's um, that that's pretty huge since it was has been a battle to get this bill to pass for the last couple of Congresses. Another one, if you're in pediatrics, going to try to diversify these updates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a bill called the Specialized Instructional Support Personal Services Act. Um, you can also find it as the Gross, Gross Sips Act. That's what they call it, HR 7219. So this bill is going to create a grant program, a Department of Education to increase partnerships between school districts and colleges to train um, specialized instruction support personnel. So PTs are included as that type of personnel, as well as PTAs. And they, and this is great because I'm, I was I worked as a school-based physical therapist and there is such a need for more therapists so I could understand why they wanted to kind of increase have more of a network between programs and school districts in order to retain the therapist um, especially I you know I stopped working as a school-based therapist but like I just always get emails all the time like we need therapists we need therapists and you know, there's some kids that like I can't even see um, even in the same school. So very important for you school PTs and PTAs out there. There is also a pelvic health bill that has been introduced. Uh, so moving on to pelvic health. <laughs> the purpose of this bill is to educate and train health professionals on the benefits of pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, I think that's such a huge thing for pelvic health therapists. It's just a lot of people like don't know what it is. And, you know, patients that um, go to their physicians for answers, they, they don't provide them the enough guidance because they don't know that that help is out there. So that'll be great. And the bill will also help to educate postpartum women on the importance of pelvic floor examinations and physical therapy um, and what it is and how to obtain a pelvic uh, physical therapy examination, which would help increase access. And this bill was actually worked by um, representatives from ABTA Pelvic Health, which is pretty amazing that you know, PTs helped in creating this bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was introduced into the house already or yes. into committee. It was introduced like in, into the house. Yep. Fabulous. Yeah. Anything else on the uh, legislative docket? I can talk about a federal agency. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Update from the NIH. Okay, so the APTA is part of the Disability Rehab Research Coalition, 
and they some which is occupational therapists are a part of it a lot of associations are a part of it and they submitted a comment to the NIH requesting them to consider designating people with disabilities as a health disparity population which I didn't think that they weren't um, so I was really surprised by that and this is just so important because for the purposes of federal research um, for this minority group, and it will develop and inform critical policy solutions to reduce and um, eliminate health disparities for people um, with disabilities. So I don't know the current update, but it is great that it is being brought up um, at this time. Perfect. All right. So we've got Allied Workforce Diversity Act. We've got the HR, HR 7219, which was for school-based PTs. And that was a really, really long um, <laughs> name for that bill. Yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, the pelvic health bill. So yeah. all those, those three bills, plus an update from the NIH. And if people go to the Advocacy APTA PT Action Center, they should be able to find more information on that, on those bills and how to contact their congressperson, correct? Yes. Perfect. So in terms of like federal agencies, if you're talking about the CDC NIH, that's not necessarily something you just send an email to. Um, but for other legislations, yes, you can find pre-written emails in regards to that. Excellent. All right. Well, that is a great overview of where we are right now um, and current current advocacy updates. Thank you so much. Now, um, next question. What advice do you have for students and younger physical therapists, new career physical therapists who might want to get into advocacy, but maybe they feel like, oh, I, I just don't know enough or I'm too new. What do you say to that? Well, I would say contact me because I love um, going to student sick meetings at different states and talking about advocacy. Um, I have been to a few um, sick meetings, so contact me and I will gladly, you know, present and help you guys out in any way possible. But also when I was a student, I was really interested in advocacy um, and there wasn't much going on around in my program, student-led wise. Um, so I contacted my trusted professor, um, which is someone that I, I looked at as a mentor and they really helped and guided me. So don't feel like you're gonna have to start on your own, you know, find professor that you trust and you feel um, is kind of already involved in advocacy in some level. Um, and, and they will help you out as well. Perfect. And who was that professor for you? Let's give them a shout out. It was Dr. Myrella. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I went Kathy? to her... Yes. Yeah. She yeah. just retired, right? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. That's a loss for sure. Yeah. But yeah, she really helped me out a lot. Oh, amazing. Yeah. She's a nice, she's a nice lady for sure. Um, well, it's great that you had that professor um, to help guide you. And I think that's great advice for students and and new graduates is reach out to those professors because they they can really help to guide you 
through advocacy and through a whole bunch of other things as well. Um, And they can also follow you on social media, right? So what is your, what is your social media handle and where can people find you? At the PT advocate. Perfect. And that's on, on, on Instagram. Perfect. Just the gram. Just the gram for now. That is great. And is that the best way for people to reach out to you? They can just slide into your DMs yeah. about advo- about advocacy only, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or peace, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or pediatric <laughs> care. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So what do you want people to take away from this conversation? If you uh, can kind of distill it down to a couple of points, what would that be? I know sometimes we can feel that we're just one person. What change can we make? And I know I feel that way sometimes too, even though I have this advocacy Instagram. Sometimes I'm just like, all this stuff that's going on in the world. It's like, what can Mercedes do? What can I even do about this? But you can really make a difference even as one person. Um, that phone call, that email that you sent, even just reading about it and being aware and talking to colleagues about it or your patients about it, increasing aware that awareness of that can still be uh, great and can still make a change. Don't feel like you are alone. There's a whole association um, backing you up in this, and it's all for you know to progress uh, our profession. So don't feel alone and don't feel that like you can't not make a change because you can and your voice is really important. I love it. And last question, it's one I ask everyone, knowing where you are now in your life and your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say get used to making mistakes, not being perfect. Um, Because when I was a student, every time I made a mistake, I was like, oh, Mercedes, how could you do that? That's horrible. Scar for life. And I was in grad. I make a mistake every other day, every day. So just get used to it. It's all part of learning. Yeah. And I can say <laughs> as someone who's been out for over 20 years, I make mistakes every day too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, nev- it's a never ending wheel of mistakes. And yes. that's okay. Because like you said, you'll constantly learn from them. Thank you so much, Mercedes, for coming on and talking about advocacy. I love your passion. And I think it's great to see new graduates out there and making a difference. So thank you for that. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to leave us your questions and comments at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com.